0: Lord, you're an awesome God. We thank you for your sacrifice, your service, your commitment to our lives, to our purity, to our relationship with you, to your significance and who you are in our lives. And I thank you for that, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, Tuesdays we have a group of women, hundreds of women actually, come to this church to study the Bible. It's called Bible Study Fellowship, which, or BSF. And so each Tuesday they come. And one Tuesday, um, Pam Christensen, who is, works at the front desk, came to me and said, there's a woman out here that needs uh, some help printing something. Can you come out and see if we can help her? So I said, sure. I walked out and I said, what can I do for you? She said, well, I've done my taxes and I need to print out a copy so I can do some things with them. Um, is it possible to print out a copy? And I said, sure. Any chance you can email that to me? She said, yeah, that would be fine. I said, well, let's email it, and I'll just print it out, and it'll be be—it'll work out great. So we did, and it was fabulous, and she went away, and five minutes later, I, um, I was done, and quite honestly, never gave it another thought. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the pastor of operations, and so that was an operational thing. The other, it was easy. This is what I do. The other operational thing is I am standing here going, that sound sounds a little funky on my end. Does that sound a little funky on your end? Okay. Well, we will use some flexibility then. And um, can I just use this one? So, so just pretend I'm talking out of my ear and I'm talking in my hand instead. All right. So anyway, five minutes, no big deal. Never gave it another thought. Well, several weeks later, this same woman comes to the front desk and Pam is working again, and she says, "I have a gift for you and for Mike for your th- for, to thank you for for how significant you helped me that day." And so she had painted these two little paintings, one for each of us, to say, boy, this was so significant for me, it was such a blessing, I just wanted to produce something and thank you. Well, you can imagine, uh, there's a couple different perspectives on this experience. For me, it was very much, check it off my list, this is what we do, it was easy, didn't think twice about it, what's the problem? For her, she came and said, I took the money I got from the taxes, which... Me printing out had very little to do with the money she got from her taxes, but she associated that and said, the money I got from that, I was able to buy a car. And with that car, I now can come to BSF every week, where before I was hit and miss because I would have to find a ride. And so she said, that changed my life that way and talked about some work stuff and went on and on about how significantly we had changed her life. That's not my perspective. And so oftentimes we, um, we have two different sides to that kind of stuff. And, and today we're going to talk about service. And so we are in a, in a series on spiritual essentialism, which is a fancy name for doing some specific things. Um, and I just want to read, um, a little bit of a clip from, um, Kevin Meyer wrote a thing on the, in the September newsletter about the spiritual essentialism. And I just want to read just a section of that. If you haven't seen it, they're available in the info racks as you leave. This series, Spiritual Essentialism, was our intent to keep things simple, doable, focused on what really matters. Choose a few practices to keep you aligned with Jesus. Consider these three commitments, worship, community, and service. Commit to pause each week and worship with others. Commit to be an authentic community, maybe with a group of friends where faith is fo- formed through God's word and prayer. Commit to serve, using your spiritual gifts for the good of others. And the reality is there is it's simply an opportunity to say, it's a fancy way to say, let's stay focused on the important things. So Kevin talked, to, uh, Kevin Meyer, who's our lead pastor, talked about worship a couple weeks ago. Um, George Kenworthy and Shelley McKendry talked about uh, community last week. And thus we'll talk about um, community, or, uh, service today. And so oftentimes with that service, you have the, it raises the question, okay, do I even want to serve? Okay, God says to serve or community says to serve. Yeah, sometimes that's overrated. I've tried that. That doesn't do much for me. I can't find something to do. And so do we even want to? And then it goes to, okay, and then if we do want to, what does that look like? So I'd like to introduce you to a couple terms today. Um, first of all, I'll reintroduce you maybe, some of you are very familiar with these, but transactional and transformational. And those two terms come across my desk because part of my operations role is generosity. And so people talk about transaction, transactional giving is simply, it's like you're going to the bank, you put in money, they give, you know, they keep it safe for you, they give you a, a very small amount of money back in addition to the money you put in. Sorry to the bankers, I know it's not your fault. Um... But that's the transaction. There's an agreement there. It isn't that life-changing for me. It's just, I'm putting it in, you're keeping it, you're giving it back to me when I want it. Transformational, on the other hand, is the idea that if I'm going to give money, it's because I, it's a response to who God is in my life, the blessing that he gave me. It's all my all God's money anyway. All I'm doing is really giving it back to him. And so that, in, oftentimes in a in a finance standpoint, is transactional versus transformational. What that looks like in real life is people like me will occasionally get up in places like this and say, we're behind in our budget. We'd love for you to give. Can you help us make up that shortfall? A transactional response is, yep, I attend that church, this kind of role, this is what I have to do. They have shortfall. I'm going to commit. This is writing a check. And as I thought, I thought... Boy, how many of you write checks anymore? So writing a check or writing on your smartphone, whatever you do to transfer money to to anybody. Um, Okay, that was a lot funnier than you responded. It's a culturally significant thing for us. Anyway, so you wrote a check or whatever else check you did, and you gave it and you said, okay, that's a transaction. The church has a need, I gave it, it's a transactional giving. Others of you are looking and saying, boy, that's ministry. That's ministry that won't happen if I don't give my funds. And that little money that I give, or maybe it's a big amount of money, can um, transform lives and and act into life change. Do you see the difference in those two terms? And I would argue that um, that's easy to see with generosity. I think it also applies to marriages. I think we can walk through our marriages in a transactional mode. I'm supposed to do nice things for you, so I will. Um, we're supposed to spend time together, so I do. Now I get my own time. Some of those transactional things. It can also be in parenting. Yep, I'm supposed to keep my kids safe, so I do. Yeah, beyond that, they're kind of on their own. Versus looking at that and saying, boy, I'm investing in this child who will become an adult in our society and look at that in a transformational way. Lately, I've been trying to eat healthier, which is a difficulty for me, because things like lettuce, eh, kind of (laughs) overrated. Kale, yeah, seriously overrated. (laughs) And so, if you like those things, just pretend I'm a nice person, and it's okay. So when I eat healthy, it's a transactional experience. My body says you need to eat, and that's what you need to eat, and so that's what I will eat, and it's a transaction. Now, when I go to the state fair, Eating is much more of a transformational attribute, <laughs> too. And please don't use me as a model because this is what happens when you have transformational eating that doesn't involve lettuce. So I'm working on it. I'm committed to that. And I'm committed to figuring out how lettuce can be transformational for me. <laughs> but I think that it re- relates to all, all a bunch of areas in my life. So even, we're going to talk a little bit about service within this church. This uh, service applies outside of our church in lots of different ways. And so I have a couple a couple pictures for you today. Um, I would apologize to the live stream people. In part of our remodel and renovation in here, the live stream hasn't been hooked up so they can see what's on the screen. So if you're watching the live stream, you just get to watch me describe that. Uh, one time, my wife and I went on a, on a to a cabin, and we rented a video from the library, and it was described for people who are blind. So it was the regular movie, and and the back it would say, now Mike moves to the right, three steps, and now Mike moves to the back, and then it would hear me talk and things. So just pretend I'm doing that for you this morning. So if we magically have a slide appear that has um, Tim and Jim, uh, Jim would be on your left, Tim would be on your Right. Um Tim Heike is a both of these guys have attended for a long time. Neither of these guys know that this picture is appearing today, so <laughs> I'm sorry I'm ahead of time for that. Um but I walk by and Tim Heike is a person who um I've known for a long, long time. He came the, a while ago and we were looking for a bookkeeper, just a very part-time type thing. And I mentioned to Tim, I said, Tim, any chance you'd think about being the bookkeeper. He goes, yeah, this is on a Sunday morning. He goes, yeah, I could come and talk to you about it tomorrow afternoon. That'd be great. So we come tomorrow afternoon. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I go, well, Tim, we haven't even talked about what we're paying you or anything. He goes, you're not paying me for this. I'm just volunteering. And so Tim comes twice a week, opens the, the bills, pays the bills, keeps us functioning in a lot of ways. That was really transformational for me. Now, whether that's transformational for Tim, yeah, sometimes the transformational is you, sometimes it's for the other person, sometimes it's for both of you. Um, Jim, the one on the left, um, drives bus for us. He's also an electrician. He serves all the time, all the time. Um, we should probably have him on retainer, but since we don't and won't, then that's just a great idea. Um but Jim does a great job. He comes all the, he's very willing to drive the bus. He invests in kids' lives. He brings kids into position to be touched by God. Does great things. Well, my guess, and I forgot to ask him about this, my guess is that for Tim and Jim, this is not a transformational activity. It's because somebody needed to hold the babies and we were handy, so we're holding babies. Now, that's the case for me. Don't get me wrong, I love babies. In fact, I have a daughter who's a high school senior this year, and um, we love when we see small babies that are cute, we just love it. In fact, last night she came home and said, hey, you want to watch some baby videos? So we did. (laughs) They're hilarious. So for me, I love babies, but when I go and serve in the infant nursery, it's a transactional experience for me. It's because somebody needs to do it, I happen to be standing there, I can hold babies, I even like babies. Um, and so I go and do that, but for me it's a transaction that I come and I check off the list. For others, they go into the nursery and it's keeping those kids safe and we're investing every Bible study and Bible story I can tell them is an opportunity for them to hear about Jesus and we're taking out time so that the parents, some of you sitting here right now, have the blessing of hearing about God and being away from their children for a little bit, being able to focus. It's a transformational thing for me to serve in the nursery. So the temptation is, we look at that and say, okay, if it's transformational for somebody, it must be, need to be transformational for me. And so I want to look at a verse, um, several verses today. Oh, sorry, I have a couple more slides first. And we changed to the next slide. Um, this is the group of people that came to remove pews from this very setting. Um, one Sunday morning, we had church here at 10 o'clock. We finished at our 11.15, people left, started coming back about 1.30, 2 o'clock. By 3.30, we had taken all of the pews out. We had a great turnout. It was a great experience. It was fun. It was transformational for me. It was great. The next morning, I came in at 9 o'clock for our staff meeting, and all the carpet was removed because the carpet guys had gotten. 23 hours from when we sat here and had church, all the pews were gone, all the carpet was gone because 30-plus people showed up and worked like dogs for an hour and a half. That was exciting and transformational for me. That might have been transactional for them. Yeah, church needs help. I got a little few time. I'll go check my box. Maybe my spouse made me go. Maybe my parents made me go. But that's the kind of thing. Um, One more slide. This is the Hammers group. Um, Hammers is just a group of guys, mostly guys, some women, um, that come and they, they do handy stuff. They do construction because there's people like Mike Brinkman in the world that do not do handy stuff. So they come and bless us with their handiness. Um, not Maybe all of you don't know, behind here was a baptismal area. Um, it took up a huge amount of room. We've taken that out as part of the renovation. Our strategy will be to have a portable uh, baptismal. If you've ever been to a, a church where they had a portable baptismal, we could do that here. We could do that in the fellowship hall. We could do that at the block party in the parking lot. It just is a really neat feature and it saves us a ton of space, all that. So they came and they worked like dogs for an afternoon to tear out that that um, space and, and clarify and, and make this a much better use of space. So for, was that transactional for them? Was that transformational for them? I'm not sure because what is transactional and what is transformational it depends on many factors. Sometimes it's the time of day, sometimes it's what you're involved in, sometimes it's perspective, what do you like to do, when is it happening, all of those kind of things. So with that transactional transformational piece in mind, I want to look at some verses in Ephesians. Ephesians is a great passage, Great, several passages just about how great and awesome God is, and so Paul is the author who wrote most of the New Testament. Uh, he wrote the book of Ephesians to the people of Ephesus, and so we're just going to pick up in chapter one. Um, the beginning of chapter one talks about how God chose us; we're heirs to Him. It just adds a ton of significance to who we are as people, and we're going to pick this up in verse fifteen. And I'd like you to listen for the wow factor that Paul is described as Paul describes God. Verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the rich of his glorious inheritance, his holy people. Do you hear the wow there? Paul is describing this huge, immense, unbelievable God has chosen you as his people, and so ever since I've known you're following him, my prayer is that you would experience the wow of God. Uh, picking up in the middle of 19 there. That power is the same as the... might. Um, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Do you hear the wow? Paul is really impressed with how insignificant God is, and he wants us to be impressed with how significant God is. In verse 22, And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And that last verse it says he puts Jesus over the church, which is his body. And so there's some a passage in um, 1 Corinthians twelve twelve that talks about the body. We're not going to get into that today. It's one of my favorite topics, but um, it describes some. It just uses the illustration of a body and said some are people are hands, some people are feet, and you shouldn't be. Um, you should, you can't be, ju- feel worse about yourself because, or better about yourself because I'm a foot and you're a hand and there's no comparison. But he gives each of us something that's unique and special about us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. And so here he says, this is the wow God that we're talking about. is my prayer is that you would experience that wow God in amazing ways and know that he appointed Jesus over the church, which is his body. And as we talk about that body, it's important for us to realize that gives us some significance in the wow connection of who God is. As we're going through the renovation, um, you know, again, it's not, it's not, our our temptation, I think, is often that we take our body parts and say, I'd like to be more of that body part than that body part. Um, And so one of the things that I I came, came to grips with during the renovation is when it comes to body parts, I'm not the bicep. I wish I was the bicep, I'd really like to be strong. It's not like I'm weak, but yeah, I'm not really strong. So I ran into things like, we had a organ motor. There's a big huge motor that weighed a couple hundred pounds that used to run our organ. Now the thing that runs our organ is like this big. So we had six or seven people dragging that organ motor out. Um, we connected with a guy who's going to use it and redo it and show how it worked and put it in art shows and, and fairs around the country and do things like that. And so he came to pick that up and he said, yeah, I have my car out here. I said, it's several hundred pounds. We can't put that. How are you going to get it in your car? He goes, well, I'm kind of strong. Yeah. I appreciate one of us is kind of strong. So luckily one of us is fairly logical and strategic. And I said, well, why don't we pull up your back, your car up to the kitchen stairs and we'll roll this thing down because it was on a dolly. And so we can roll it down that stairs and at least get it on the same level as your trunk. And then maybe by then somebody that is strong will show up and help us. Or maybe we can get some boards or whatever. Well, nobody else showed up and the boards weren't working. So he said, well, what if you just hold the one side and now lift the thing into the trunk? Are you kidding me? I may die just holding the one end. <laughs> And so we did. I, I had no idea, and I needed to get this several hundred-pound thing out, and he wanted it, So, and he was pretty strong. So I held the one in, and he literally lifted it into his trunk. Now, he pulled over to the side of the, to the parking lot to adjust things and whatever, and I'm pretty sure there could have been some physical problems with his car having that much room in his back, but he lifted it up. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I'm pretty strong. And he's pretty strong. And so when it comes to the body of Christ, that guy's your bicep. Mike Brinkman, not so much your bicep. And that's okay. We can come to grips with that. So if we as we look at Ephesians 1, the wow of God kind of continues through chapter 2. And then I think it turns to not the now of God. So let's look at um, chapter 2. It starts out with we're dead in our transgressions and sins. Now we're different and we're redeemed by God. And we'll pick it up in verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved through faith, or it's by grace you've been saved, and God raised uh, us up with Jesus or with Christ and seated us with him at the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. You hear the wall again, expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. And I think he translate, transitions here from the, from the while to the now, when he says in verse 10, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In verse, in chapter one, he talks about we are the body, Some of us are hands, some of us are feet, some of us are whatever. And in chapter 2, he says, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that verse. Because it talks about God has done the prep work. All we're doing when we're serving is showing up. And we're showing up and we're using the stuff that God gave us if we want to be serving transformationally. If we want to serve transactionally, we just jump in. Sometimes we need to jump in. They need somebody in the nursery. I'm standing in the hallway. I'll serve in the nursery. And I love your kids, but it's a transaction for me. But if you want transformational, then there's a place where somehow the service that you do connects with who God is and connects with the blessing that he has and connects with the wow of Jesus. Because when I do this, for some reason or somehow it connects me to that wow of Jesus who did all of these things for me, who saved me through grace, and now I can walk into his presence. And I do these service things that are transformational and it allows me to experience him in ways that are crazy good. And so the one translation there is God's handiwork. Uh, another translation talks about his workmanship. We're God's workmanship. Um, and uh, I have, actually has, have a friend whose business is his workmanship. Um, and it's the idea that everything we do is to, to glorify God. And all we're doing is stepping into the good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. A true translation of that is a po- we're God's poem. That does nothing for me, so not, I like the handiwork and majesty better. But if you like the poem, a true translation of that is it's God's poem. And God wrote that poem and we are who he is. And so all the descriptions are about that. So as we go into that, know that we're talking about what kind of priorities, what kind of commitments can we have at a Free Church? Well, we, I think the Bible's clear. We need to be committed to worship. If we're worshiping, we're connecting with that wow of God and saying, God, you are the God of this crea- creation. I am your servant. I want to follow you, be obedient, and glorify you. He talks about the body of Christ getting together, and so there's some community piece that says, um, do that together. Do that in addition to just you solo. Do it with other people. Experience me in a body of Christ and in a community and then there's something magical about that service piece that as we walk into this, the good works that God has created us prepared in advance for us to do, we experience Him. we experience Him. We experience Him God in, in great and exciting ways. We're experiencing him in ways that we can't do or imagine all by ourselves. And as I said, sometimes that's transformational to the people you're serving. they're transformed, like the woman with the taxes. Sometimes it's what I'm doing that transforms me. Sometimes it's both. It can be whatever. It depends a lot on the situation you're in. And so God did the prep work, and now you apply that. Because he gave us the wow. Now he gives us the now that says, go and serve. Do the good works that God prepared in advance for me to do. The challenge is that's not always easy to figure that out. That's not always easy to look at it and say, how do I do that? What is that transformational thing for me? So some of it's trial and error. Some of it's putting yourself in a position to be touched by God and seeing if it does. I've served in the nursery lots of times and I figured out, yeah, it's transactional. I still need to do it, but yeah, I can look for something else if I'm going to look for transformational. As I finish, I want to just give you examples of that. I was watching the news this week and Hurricane Harvey hit, um, You'll notice in your weekly, there's a option to give. The Free Church, the Evangelical Free Church of America, uh, has some some options that we're tying into, and that's available in your weekly. Um, we want you to continue to pray for that, and, and just our hearts go out to that. But when you talk about transactional and transformational stuff, many of us, it's going to be a transactional thing. Yeah, I know they're in trouble, so I need to give money because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to donate something because that's what you do for people in this situation. There's others that are transformational. They're getting semis worth of stuff. They're get, moving to Texas for six months to, to help the recovery. That's a transformational thing. Not everybody has to do the same thing, and I would argue that's not how God set it up. And so I want to give you permission, partly, to say, yeah, that's not going to be a transformational thing for me. But then also the challenge of saying, what is going to be transformational for you? I think it's transformational for a lot of us to watch the Chinese group give communion this morning. If you don't know anything about the the Chinese group at our church, you need to. Because it's awesome. And even if it's a transactional knowledge of it's awesome, um, that's okay. Because not everybody should serve in the Chinese group. But there are people that are giving their life to this group of Chinese students, many of who have never come into the church before. Many of who have come to another country and have never gone to a church before. And there are people that love on these people, and they're, they're accepting Christ, they're getting baptized, they're, they're going to impact their culture and their families and their world in ways that we can't even imagine. So the Chinese group is probably not transformational for me, but what is transformational is watching the people that are transformational in the Chinese group. It's fabulous. They do an incredible job. And I'm just going to run through a few others as I finish up here. Um, Some of it's staff, some of it isn't. But I just want to give you an idea of what it looks like to be transformational. Because sometimes we get stuck in the expectations. We get stuck and overwhelmed in, there's a hundred million things I can do to serve. What do I do? And sometimes we say to ourselves, what I do or what seems transformational for me doesn't seem that big of a deal. That doesn't fit with the body of Christ. That doesn't fit with the wow of God. That doesn't fit with the now of God who says, now go do the good works that I prepared in advance for you to do. I met with a businessman a while ago, and he, he explained to me how they do their finances. And he said, we have, decided this is a, we have decided we need to live, we can live quite comfortably off of this amount of money. And so I, we're going to set aside this amount of money, and everything else we make goes to God. directly to ministry because we know that God blessed us so every raise I get beyond that we're just giving it away if I double my income then we give away almost twice as much because we're going to commit to living off of that I think that's a man who understands transformational living and transformational giving because he understands that all the money he has is a blessing from God anyway all he's doing is managing God's money not everybody is going to be able to live that way now, my life would be a lot easier, and our budget would be a lot easier, so work on it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, it's funny, people. Here we go. <laughs> Stick with me. I'm almost done. I think Bruce Drugsma is a person that I watch. Uh, Bruce is our middle school pastor. I, I did middle school ministry for five years. Uh, Jill Dejuski, who is sitting in here this morning, did um, middle school ministry for eight-plus years. Um, Bruce Jurgsma has been doing middle school ministry for years. We all did middle school ministry differently. I think it was all transformational for us. But if there's somebody that is engineered for middle school ministry, I think it's Bruce Jurgsma. That guy has a servant heart. He's smart. He just is intelligent and wonderful. And he looks at stuff and then he takes it with middle school kids and says, see, this is the wall of God. And this is the now of God. And they're changing much of the, readjusting much of the kids in youth ministry this year. And um, that has much to do with much more than just Bruce. But he's an example for that of saying, we want to touch these, have these kids' lives walk into God's presence. And so I, I, I think that's a transformational thing. Carrie Borland has been really transformational for me lately. Uh, if you don't know Carrie Borland, she grew up and she became a Christian in this church, was invited to our high school ministry that used to meet over at Wayzata West in a gym. And so she was invited to a gym because it's easier to be invited to a gym than a church. And uh, Carrie Borland talks about, she's on the design team for this renovation. And I'll tell you when she walks, talks about walls, and you'll hear her this story because it's so good. I'm just describing it. She'll share it at some point. When she drives by and there's a hole in the ground and there's walls going up for a gym, that's a transformational experience for Carrie Borland. Because she reflects on, that's how God was introduced to my life, is somebody invited me to a gym. There's a lot of us in this room that are going to go, yeah, I guess they're doing a gym. And yeah, somebody stood up and said, hey, we'd like some money to do a gym. And so I gave because... And I, I like kids. I'm committed to that. It's very transactional for you, Carrie Borland. It's a transformational thing, because somehow that those walls and that hole in the ground brings her into the presence of the wall of God, and says, "Now go do good works that I present um, prepared for you to do." And one of the good works that Carrie's doing is the design team in this in this room and in that room, and it's fabulous. For me, it's transformational too because I get to watch Jill, her sister, who came um, kind of when I was doing some youth ministry. Not a lot came, uh, was kind of exposed to some, um, some church and Jesus and those kind of things. Went through a real struggle with drugs and alcohol. Went to Teen Challenge, um, met God in a serious way. Now comes to BSF every Tuesday morning at this church. Our relation, my relationship with Jill is more. Hey, Jill, how's it going? I know you. You know me. Good to see you. Hey, had not seen you in a couple of weeks. Good to see you. But it's transformational for me to know that the ministries that we set up in rooms like this on a Tuesday morning bring people into the presence of God. You look at a person like George Kenworthy who's doing um, communion this morning. George, when he first came to this church, his dad was the senior pastor here. Um, So George Kenworthy, the younger. There's 14 George Kenworthys, so they're not juniors and whatever. They're just, there's lots of them. So he's the younger. When he came, he was really struggling with who God was. And I watched him, because, you know, one of the things about George, he likes to think about smart people stuff. He's really a smart guy. And he oftentimes talks about smart people stuff. So for you smart people stuff, last week was a really cool thing because George talked about smart people stuff. For you smart people stuff today, eh, it's a holiday. You get my fragrance. <laughs> and it, it's a body of Christ thing. Each of us is different. George, is, George, I watch him have to come to grips with who God was because it had to make sense in his head because he's a smart person guy. And so, but once that made sense in his head, boom, he's in Mongolia serving for years. He's here. He's committed to the Chinese ministry. He's investing in missions, outreach, all of this kind of stuff. That's a super exciting thing. We have a couple friends. Susan Johnson works with Safe Families. Safe Families is a ministry that basically says, um, when we have families that are in trauma, if we can get other healthy families to take their kids for a while, that helps the trauma family helps the child, and it creates more safe families. It's a wonderful ministry. Susan Johnson and her daughters have a a girl named Valerie. Maybe you've seen them them toting her around here. They have a great time with her, and they love it. And it's a blessing to them. And my wife was recently talking to Susan, and Susan says, yeah, but it really doesn't count because it's so much fun for us. That's transformational ministry. I grew up and had dozens of youth of, um, foster kids in my home when I was a high school kid. It was transactional. Yeah, they took another room in my house. Occasionally it was inconvenienced, Sometimes it was fun. It's transactional. For Susan Johnson, taking care of Valerie is a transformational thing. This is something that draws her into the wall of God and the now of God that says, I prepared something in advance for you to do. This is the thing that I prepared in advance for you to do. And I think often it's a risk for us to say, but it's fun. Who cares? How big a deal is it? Um, Natasha Farhat is another friend of ours. Serves weekly at a place called People Serving People. Um, Serving meals to homeless people. It's a transformational thing for her. I called her this week and said, hey... I'm going to mention you in church. Are you okay with that? And she said, well, that's funny because my daughter Bree just came home who also serves people serving people, came home from college and they were just talking about a little kid from that shelter and we were crying together. That's transformational service, ladies and gentlemen. So I want to challenge you, when you look at worship, when you look at community, when you look at service, the question is, are you doing those things to come into grips, to come into the experience of the wow of God which leads us to the now of God, which leads us to transformational experiences where it transforms our lives and, quite honestly, the lives of other people. I'm going to finish with an example from my life because it's just dorky. Uh, it just—it's a great example of really—you—that's a transformational thing, but it is for me. So it, therefore, it needs to be for you. Um, if you'll see, Grant is the person on your left. Uh, the right of the picture. Uh, Grant Deacons is Paul Deacons is his father right next to him there. Grant Paul was a friend of mine. He was a prospective student. Stayed in my dorm room when when I was in college. So I've known Paul a long time. Grant, you've maybe have seen up here singing and worshiping. He's he's been vital in the worship ministry of the youth in the last several years. Um, Grant is he is now in college. Well, when he was seven, um, he had a thing called ITP. Uh, his his mom, Paula, is a doctor, and she explained to me what the words ITP stand for. And you'll have to go Google it, because they're big words. It's ITP. So it's some disease that co- that's caused by a virus that usually resolves itself in a year, but it attacks your platelets. So, starting back a little bit. I give blood on a regular basis. 95% of the population do not give blood. Only 5% of the population gives blood regularly. I don't understand why. Apparently it's a freaky thing for most people. I'm genetically engineered to give blood. I bleed really well. I heal really well. <laughs> slap some duct tape on there. It's good. <laughs> Literally slap some duct tape on there and it's good. I've known this for a long time. This is part of the deal. I give blood. Yeah. You know, they, they make it easy. They show up at your house. Not probably your house, but at your work or wherever. And they give you cookies. I'm in. <laughs> So I'm given blood, and one of the ladies says, "Well, have you ever thought about giving platelets?" "Nope, don't have any idea what a platelet is." <laughs> so apparently, we have this little thing called platelets in our bodies that they can take out and give to other people. It's really cool, um, and they give to other people who are cancer patients or other people that have struggled with with bleeding because the platelets stop the bleeding. Well, turns out I have a number of platelets, so and I can give them to other people. So anyway. Um, a regular person should have 150,000 platelets. Grant Deacons, during the time that he had ITP when he was seven, had 2,000 platelets. Supposed to have 150,000, has two. Not a doctor, but that's not a good ratio, ladies and gentlemen. And what happens is people with ITP then, or cancers or that kind of thing, that are low on platelets, if they have an accident and start bleeding, it can be deadly. Well, I'll tell you, that giving platelets became much more transformational when Paula Deakins comes to me and says, you give platelets? My seven-year-old son, one of your kid's friends, could die unless people like you give platelets. And platelets only last five days, so my platelets I give, they have to use it in five days or it's worthless. So they need a lot of people to give platelets. Again, genetically engineered to give platelets, turns out I have several... They can take them now. Let me be honest again. It's even better than giving blood because you get to go watch movies and they give you cookies. So, now it's two hours. Let me. It's two hours. You got a needle in your hand for a long to, or in your arm for a long time, but they take the blood out, take the platelets out, put it back in effectively. So I have to be honest. I get cookies and and it, so it's it's a little bit transactional. I'll give you my blood, you give me cookies, but and movies. But it's transformational because I know there are people out there like Grant Deacons. Does this take a lot of energy out of my life? Nope. Gives me an excuse to go home and take a nap. Because uh, I'm tired. Because I can't play You know, they can take pieces of my body out. <laughs> and they gave me cookies. All that to say, if we are coming into a presence of God, if we're coming into the wow of God, and understand the now of God that says, now go, do the good works I have prepared for you in advance. I'm, com- I'm convinced one of the things that God prepared for me in advance is to give platelets. It's such a ridiculous little thing, and it's accept so valuable at the same time. So don't walk out of here with service and say, yeah, I got to do this huge service thing. And, you know, it's got to be this huge, significant thing. Sometimes it's just giving platelets, eating cookies and watching movies. So let's go be transformational in all that we do. We're going to transition roughly here, um, because it'll be the Mike Brinkman show a little bit here, but um, every month when we do communion, we do um, a Caring Fund. And so all that Caring Fund, and so the ushers are going to come forward, the band's going to come forward, there's lots of movement, uh, that's okay, I can talk loud. Um, we use the Caring Fund and we give it to people in our church, outside of our church, that have money needs. If you had any experience with the Caring Fund, you'd know it's a transformational ministry. So we didn't schedule it this way. It just happened to be, this is the week I was going to talk about this. But I want you to know, as we give this gift, I want, um, I'm going to pray for it. And then we'll take the offering that just know that's a neat way to give transformational gifts. Um, and some of you can give transactionally. Some of you can give transformationally. And both are okay. And then after this, I will come back up and just do a couple announcements. So let's pray. Lord, I pray, praise you that you're a transformational God, that you're a wow God, that we can come into your presence to say, everything we have is from you. And so all we're doing is giving you back what we have that you bless us with. And so I pray that that would be the opportunity that we have in giving this morning. In your name I pray, amen.